Thank you, our Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, welcome, everyone, tonight to live class, the third class for fellowship. Amen. The third class, the third live class for chapter 11, which is the fellow, which is fellowship, fellowship. Amen. Uh, I welcome everyone. Thank you for joining tonight. Uh, amen, amen. As the manner, as our manner is, uh, we are going to have a quick, a quick recap and hoping that just as we have had uh, quick, quick volunteers, bold volunteers last week, we also have bold volunteers tonight as well to, to go through what the Lord uh, said to us last week. So pretty much uh, someone to give us a quick recap, Panama. Thank you, Jesus. Just a quick recap of what we learned last week. And... Uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Any bold? Bold, bold, boldness? Any, anyone bold enough to? I'm sure this bold, you know, the, the righteous is as bold as a lion, so I'm trusting that we all are bold. Anyone that wants to help us? If no volunteer, I might, I might have to, even though I would really, really, really love not to to call names. Oh, Mr. Da Daniel Odami. Uh, hello, sir. This is Daniel and Danny. Daniel. Okay. Yeah. Daniel, sir. <laughs> Daniel, okay, okay. Awesome, awesome. All right, Daniel is bold. Okay. It's, you see, Daniel is bold. Daniel in the lion's den. Yes, I, uh, from last week, um, I think we, we established that relationship between father, um, um, that father relationship that we have with, with our father in heaven. And we spent some time in establishing that there is a difference between relationship and fellowship. That was earlier class, and though, and then this um, last week we we spent some time trying to understand what can actually separate us from that relationship and how we have this conception about you know seeing separating us from the relationship. But we started seeing that. It's actually very difficult to separate us from that relationship, you know, and and sin is not sin is sin is very difficult for sin to separate us in a way from that relationship. Rather, sin what sin does is to break fellowship. So we're looking at our frames, right? You no, know? we saw from Psalm one or three, you know, that even God knows our frame, and even God um has has so much um will i say so much um so much faith in a way in us you know that's his work and that's why he the if you look at that first session right five 
23.com um, when Paul was praying that um, we will all be sanctified both in our spirit, soul, and body. So that's um, several of um, the, the frames basically is that we God is aware <laughs> and of how we are, right? So when we when we fall short, basically, it's not the time for us to run away. Rather, it's the time for us to come closer. So really, in the real sense of it, it's almost like sin cannot really spoil the relationship in a way, but it stops fellowship. And then we also saw the other thing that stops fellowship, which is the love of other things that is not loving the father you know after we establish that relationship with the father things that make us feel like we are far from the father is because we do not love the father we love other things we're still looking at john first john you know that say love not the world the right things of the world you know even my love the world love of Father is not in him so we saw that that is something that can break us out of fellowship and we we actually saw that that's where devil, the devil will give many examples of how devil can make people to love the world in different fashion and manners, you know, just because he doesn't want you to, you know, give time um, to loving the Father. He wants to give you his own thing. So basically, this way, um, the the bulk of last week's teaching, yes, um, yes, sir. Just awesome, awesome. Um, Thank you. Thank you, sir. Daniel, thank you for being bold. Uh, thank you, thank you. We uh, appreciate yeah, give us a, a good uh, capture. And uh, as our manner is again, Halama, I'll just, uh, you know, we say out of two or three witnesses, right? <laughs> so we like to follow scriptures. So does anybody want to add to the witness? Out of two or three witnesses, the truth shall establish. So, and also where two or three are gathered, there he is, you see, two or three, two or three, two or three, two or three. So, two would like to, even though Sad B has given us an awesome uh, recap, but I'd just like to, to see if someone else would like to be bold, like Sadi, Sadanian. Anyone bold? Anyone? Anyone? So nobody wants to fellowship with Daniel tonight in uh, in recap. Okay. All right. All right. Thomas, uh, we have we have uh, a short time. Okay. If. Uh, Nobody wants to join Sadi. I guess I'll I would uh, I'll go quickly, um, and I'll just give uh, just a quick recap as well. Pretty much what Daniel has said. Did your hand come up again? Oh, hello, Pastor sir. Hello. Yes, sir. So uh, while we while you were talking as well, I think something else that came to our remembrance. Um, I think you spent some time talking about the word as well, you know, 
how the world is where the devil is what the devil is trying to steal from us like w-o-r-d you know we need to spend time you know yes um which also connects to you know the past few classes that we've been learning about skill and the rich having that skill on how to you know manage the world and the world is the way for our certification right so yes. um, we spent some time about reading the bible and receiving with meekness that's word that is able to save your soul according to what we saw in james so um i think that just came to my mind as well just to support thank you sir thank you thank you thank you thank you really appreciate it amen amen okay so we have uh, an awesome recap and uh, i'll just uh, continue from <clears throat> where i stopped last week uh, and, uh, which is the enemies of fellowship I, I know i spent some time talking about it um, for some reason i just you know, feel like uh, just saying one or two things about that and then went forward um, i was rushing a bit so although there was something said but there was something said but I just wanted to just you know, touch it on a little bit and then move on. And uh, just like Daniel said, we must spend a lot of time talking about uh, our, our relationship with God, uh, our fellowship with, uh, with God as well. But there's a difference between that. Uh, we define that. And of course, we, we see that fellowship can, can break, but our relationship can't break. So what Satan what breaks is our fellowship. Well, let me put this, what sin breaks is our fellowship. Uh, and the, the good thing about that is that uh, fellowship can be restored. So, and that gives hope for many of us that sometimes we think um, that once maybe something happens, uh, God is not happy with us. We think that our relationship with God is gone, is broken. Uh, we've seen God is far. is to let us know that no, uh, our relationship is intact. Fellowship is broken, but fellowship can be installed, can be restored. And to restore fellowship, it doesn't have to take five years, doesn't have to take 10 years, doesn't have to take 20 years. Uh, sometimes uh, we think in, to restore fellowship, uh, for example, if we've been out of fellowship for two, 200 days, there's a way we feel in our hearts sometimes that we have to spend another 200 days to get to where we should have been 200 days in 200 days if we've not broken fellowship. But it doesn't always work. It doesn't work that way. Um, the moment we restore fellowship, we just move, move, we move, we continue journeying. Um, the Lord is not looking at our past sin, but we just continue journeying. Um, so it's, it doesn't. It, it's, the moment we respond in faith, uh, because condemnation, the voice of condemnation can come, and then we start. You know, draw, withdrawing from God because imagine sometimes if you say you've not been with God for 200 days, 200 days can seem big. And then, of course, you can start having a sense oh, all my friends are moving forward, they are gone 200 days. Imagine where they have been now, me, I'm here. And you don't look at all of that. You just walk by faith to come out of the condemnation of sin uh, or whatever is, is breaking or stopping or is standing as a limitation in our fellowship. We stand by faith and we continue joining in the spirit. And you'll see that the moment we shift our heart uh, to just, you know, go to God and not run away and not be you know, shifting and be as, thinking that the Lord will be angry with us and we have to spend 500 days to make up, you know, it's not restitution. It's, it's a faith walk, just as we, we know the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we 
we move into the unseen. So there's a faith is the way of receiving, right? So they're showing us that we receive things in the spirit. So you can receive things in the spirit uh, by faith. And this one too, you can walk by faith and you know start continuing your journey back in, in the spirit. Continue your journey in the spirit, not feel like you are gone and forgotten. So we see clearly that even you know that our relationship can be restored and we spend some time talking about the enemies of fellowship and the enemies of fellowship. Number one that we've been talking about, we've rehearsed, we talked, say is acts of sin, right? Uh, which is the enemy of fellowship. Whenever we, we move in the act of sin, we walk in the way of sin, uh, we break fellowship, right? There's a, there's a breaking of fellowship, as a result. And of course, as we know that uh, where our meekness comes in is that uh, we know our frame. As, we should know our frame just like Jesus, just as God knows our frame, right? And we know that uh, when we get born again, we are not perfect at all. We're not perfect from the beginning to the end. There's an aspect of us that God, that God recreated with our spirit right but our soul has it as a nature it takes time for it to receive anything be it death or life so we have to understand that because of that there's tendencies that and there can be tendencies and there are tendencies to act right according to sin so act uh, acts of sin i'm just trying to use the language that the book used as well so but pretty much we can sin that's what i'm saying uh, there's tendency to sin it's possible well, let us say it's not possible. So, because when we when we are aware of that, although we have a goal, we have a sight, as we've seen that we have a sight. There's a place we are journeying into, which is into perfection, into God. You know, eventually, where there is no sin, there is no darkness, there's no shadow of turning at all. There is no sin in Him, right? When we, we know we have that, but as we are journeying, we should be in touch with the feelings of our infirmities, right? Um. We should know that it is possible. Not that it is not that uh, you know we are just perfect. <laughs> so when we know that we know that it's possible, and as because it's possible, it means that there's an enemy against our fellowship, which can break our fellowship. But Jesus, uh, like 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 John tells us in the book of First John chapter one verse nine, and I know by now we should know that scripture of hell. First John one nine. First John 1 9. Who can quote it quickly? I know, just joking. So if we confess our sin, you know, this is our memory verse. So. Memory verse, memory verse. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is the hope of restoration to fellowship, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful. So the moment we Confess, he's faithful, he's by, by faith too, faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right, so we should have consolation in God, in Jesus, that uh, there's an answer to sin, breaking fellowship, right? And the other thing that uh, we see is that the love of the world, right? Uh, when we love the world, uh, it breaks fellowship. Now, just like Daniela said, uh, there are so many things in this world that can break fellowship, you know, that 
that's an enemy of fellowship, right? And there are things that we should know concerning the world. The world is designed, and there's something about the world. There's something specific about the world that makes it such a such a bad enemy, if I use it that way. I want to say love of the world, mean loving the world. Uh, John, in the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verse 15 to 16, was telling us that we should not love the world. So love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I like the way they are saying love, 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 love. Right. So for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, which is also the love of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, or you can say the love of the eyes and the pride of life uh, is not of the father, but it's of the world. Amen. Now, uh, this thing is saying that there's a possibility to love the world. Right. One of the things about this world that I'm and why I came here, why I'm here is the world has what you call spirits that seduce. Now, it's actually seducing spirit that forms the things in the world. The, the what arranged the world system is said like seducing spirit. They have wisdom of seduction. One of the things about spirits in the about spirit in the spirit, spirits in the spirit. Let me not break tongue. One of the things about spirits in the spirit, spiritual beings, is that they have some form of beauty with which they can seduce. Normally, it's not meant for seduction. Now, the things that this spirit carry is not meant for seduction initially before, before. It is actually meant, what they carry is actually meant as a, how do I put it? Uh, is there, if there is an opposite of uh, seduction in a good way. Uh, but the best way I can explain it now is, see the way we, we when we are in fellowship with the spirit, the way we feel towards God, the way we are drawn to God. Like the scripture said, draw me and I will come after you. Right? Draw me and we will run after you. That's in the book, uh, in the, in the book of Songs of Songs. Right? Draw me and we will run after, after you. That's what uh, Song of Songs says. Right? We'll run after thee. So the king had brought me into his chambers. We will, we will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. Uh, you see, you see the, it's like the drawing of wine. When you drink wine, there's a way wine draws you to drink more, right? When you, when you find sweetness, when you find joy, aha, uh -huh, right? Love in a way, in a way. Love is a is a drawer, is a sense of drawing. Imagine when a woman loves her husband or a, and a man loves his wife, there's a way they are drawn. That drawing is, is a is a cord of love that is drawing both the man and the woman towards each other. Or lovers, any love if you have lovers, if, right? If you have lovers, anywhere you find lovers, 
right? You see that cord of love drawing, love draws, draws. Then Satan corrupted the, the portion of love given to him, right? And then that became seductive, corrupted it, became seductive, right? And then other spirit that fell, all of their loves were corrupted. All of their loves were turned to evil. It was turned to, to seduction. Therefore, they have the capability to draw men away from the Lord. If we are not discerning and if we are, if we are not determined to follow after the Lord, it's possible for that to draw. Right? Uh, in the book of First Timothy chapter 4, and we see in the scripture, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expert that in the latter days, time, in the latter time, some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrines of devil. You see, they seduce and they give doctrine. They teach, they teach things to draw men away. So the seducing spirit have been speaking and they will keep speaking, right? That in the later, in the later times, right? Some shall depart from the faith and giving he to seducing spirit means that uh, the, 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 the activity of seducing spirit will increase, right? In the later times, it will increase uh, because they want to draw men as much as possible away, right? So seducing spirit, they, the, what they have inside them they use it to anoint things in this world. I think that's one of the things I'm trying to explain, right? And then the book of First John tells us clearly, and thank you. Book of First John chapter 2, verse 26 tells us that Paul, uh, sorry, John was writing to the church and says that these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. There are those that seduces you. And he said, these are the things concerning them that are said. But if you look at the conversation before now, we realize that John has been talking about the world, the love of the world, and then the love of the Father, right? He's saying that, ha, love not the world. He has been warning, standing as, a, as, a, as an elder in the spirit, warning the body, saying that, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father it's not in him, meaning that you should be weary of the world. You should be careful of the world. There's a tendency to love it. As long as you've not escaped it, there is a tendency to love it. And you must fight that tendency. That's why I say love not the world. Why? Because the, world, the loving of the world is tied to the anointing of seducing spirit. When you, how, you love, how a man can love the world is that Spirit can put their anointing on things. So, for example, now, uh, you can have houses, cars, uh, uh, what, else? what else? Houses, cars, you know, that's just material things. There are other things that people have that are not material, like giving birth to kids. Like, oh, I want to marry. I want to give birth to kids, you know, even if you're married, right? Those are different, different, different things that happens, right? But Satan can, and spirit can put the anointing on the love for those things. 
Now, any anything that is anointed by seducing spirit, by the seduct, by the, that is anointed with the seductive nature of spirit, by the by the seducing power. Let me use that. By the anything that is anointed by the seducing power of spirit has a tendency to lure men away. Right? Car is not bad. You can use it if you know how to use it. House is not bad. Having a house is not bad. Losting for it is a problem. Right? Car is not bad. House is not bad. Having a child is not bad. Getting married is not bad. But men can lust for it because of the kind of glory that they present. Right? And it can be love of the world. It means that anything, and this is the anything that is not from God as himself, like when I say as himself, is that it, anything that is not the knowledge of God can be a snare. Anything that is not the knowledge of God has it um, can be a snare of love stealing. It can be a snare. So when you're not looking at the world, you realize that you're not just looking at material things alone. You are looking at things that spirits have anointed. They are put the seducing nature. Imagine, just imagine you are just walking on the street and you just look to your left and you maybe just saw a nice car. Perhaps maybe sometimes you thought you maybe you would drive that car. Ah, you just saw the nice. Imagine that car can begin to be the seducing. If that car can be anointed by the by a seducing spirit to seduce you, the the real person they want to to seduce away is you. The the material they use is just a means to an end. If they anoint a car or other things or anything. It can be uh, anointing, you know, the desire for knowledge. They can anoint, they can put the anointing on things that can lure men away from the love of the Father. Because our concentration should be on the love of the Father, right? Loving the Father, loving Jesus, falling in love with the Holy Ghost. All those things, that's where our joy should be. That's where we should fountain from. That's where we should be living from. Nothing else should be our love. Other, other things can be things we use, but nothing else should be our love apart from God. That's why the love of the Father would not be in anyone that loved the world. So seducing spirit, the world has seducing power. And it is, put, it is done by seducing spirit, which is why John is warning. So these are the things I've written concerning them that seduce you. Right? And this answer to that is also in fellowship, right? but the anointing, right? Which ye have received of him, abideth in you, right? And you know that any man teach you, right? But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and it's truth, and it's no lie. Even as I taught you, you shall abide in him. Is a, a, a talk of fellowship in a way, right? You abiding in him, him abiding in you, right? Anointing teaching. Imagine t- a teacher student, anointing teaching means that you have to talk to one another. So that means that fellowship is in play. If you love God, you are in love with God, you will event, you will fellowship with him as long as your desire is towards him, right? And you are in you are looking for the you are looking for him. You are looking for the, the anointing is the answer. As as the scripture tells us here. And of course, when you're talking about the anointing, you can you can you 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 can't remove fellowship out of that. It is by fellowship. When you are fellowshipping by the anointing, right, in the spirit. You can begin to move into things in the spirit that we need to know, right? You can begin to move into conversation in the spirit with your father. You are fellowshipping. You are fellowshipping. When you, are, when you love the anointing, you will fellowship. That's for sure. And there, of course, 
if you love that, then you will, you would be you would be aware of the world and things in there to be careful, right? There are things in the world, there are lost, and you be careful for it lost, right? So the love of the world is an enemy against fellowship, and the scripture tells us that don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? When you are friends with the world, definitely you'll be an enemy. You have you will be you ha- it will be an enemy of God because it was it, the, 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 what what the world wants to do is to take you away, is to yank you away from God. The world knows you are your journey to God. He knows that you are on your journey to your maker. So the world will seduce you, take you, will make you fall in love with him. Or will make you fall in love with her, rather, sorry. Even, even, even scripture and spirit knows how to put the right things in order, right? The world can seduce you, right? The world is a seductress. It can seduce. Imagine something that can seduce both men and women. It's bad, terribly bad. Amen. So the, if, we lo- if we love the world, definitely uh, things that we love more than God has a tendency to take us away from fellowship, Says ye adulterers and adulteresses, ye know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Because God cannot behold the things that the world gives. It's sin. He can't, he can't behold it. The world, uh, the world, the world, the world has a way of making pact with men, right? And once they make pact with men, those such men can't love, they will be enemies of God. They'll be enemies of God. They will be. And you, and that enemy simply means that you are not friends with God. Right? That's what it means. That it means that someone is not friends with God. And of course, I can't be God's friend and then I'm in love with, with the world. I mean, I can't be God's friend. So I'm in love. If, if, if I'm God's friend, I should hate the world. I should not love it. I should hate it. And I pray that God will help us to to love God and hate the world. Uh, so this, and, and like I said, anything in the world has a tendency to take to take us away from the love of the Lord, right? Nothing, nothing, nothing should separate. What shall separate us from the love of God, right? Neither high, death, spirit mm-hmm, should separate us from the love of God. Mm. Nothing, nothing should separate us. Says neither eyes nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, nothing should separate. Only, only the love of God should be in our heart. We should have love for God. That does not mean that we won't you know, go about our things. We won't have cars and all those things. That doesn't mean we won't have any of those. It's just that we must not. There must not be love for those things. Our love is is mainly for one lover. You see. It's for one lover. It's not for two lovers. You can't have two lovers. When you have two lovers, you're already cheating. And that's why, that's why the word cheater, that's where it, it's from. Even the world knows what cheating means. The world knows what it means to cheat, right? When lovers are cheating, the world knows what that. I'm not, we're not even talking about, you know, we have adult, and cheaters are adulterers and adulteresses. <laughs> adulterers and adulteresses are cheaters, right? <laughs> 
the friendship with the world is an enmity with God. Amen. So that's one of that's 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 it. I think that aspect is you know, you know dealt with a little bit, but just for us to know, understand that the world is something we should be weary of. Anything can be anointed by the world. Career can be anointed to as a snare for people. It usually looks for a tendency of love and they begin to seduce. Begin to seduce. Anything can be anointed. But, but I've, I've just seen how or we have we have just seen how. Uh, spirit anoint things to seduce men. So things by itself, in itself, does not have the capability to just seduce without the anointing of seducing spirit. Things have to be anointed by spirit to seduce. And it is seducing spirit that puts the anointing on things. So those things contend for the love. I, the moment we start seeing that Something is competing with the love of God in our heart. We should quickly note that no, no. This thing should not be the primary love of my heart so that we can make right judgment and just move more towards spiritual things and spiritual growth and loving our Father and fellowship with Him uh, than anything else. That does not mean we won't do. That does not mean, clearly saying, that does not mean we won't do our duties. No, that does not mean we won't uh, do things not at all, we just abandon everything. No, is that the grace of fellowship, right? The grace of God can help, uh, can allow us to do things, you know, like go to work, go, you know, go to school, do all those things. And yet, we are not loving the world, we are in fellowship. Oh, we are doing those things. It's very possible, very, very possible. I remember those times in school. Just I'll be, I'll be going. I'll just be just going to class. Just be going to school. And as I'm going to uh, to class, I'm you know singing in the spirit, praying. Uh, you know, just meditating on scripture. Sometimes I'm I'm walking in school because sometimes I used to walk uh, from my house because my house was not too far from school. Um, I used to walk, uh, and then from there, uh, as I'm walking to school, I'll just be meditating, thinking about scripture. I'll get to school, you know, maybe I'm you know, doing some, sometimes I'll just have just the spirit upon my heart and then I'll just be meditating and praying in my heart from there. I'm still in fellowship, just praying and enjoying the spirit. Sometimes I can be singing throughout my time in school. I can just be singing throughout, just singing in the spirit. And as I'm singing, the joy of the Lord is just, is just welling up within and just keep doing that and keep doing that while I'm still in school class. As I'm in class, I'm listening. I finish class, like, and then the, the the song continues. Even that time, all my friends believe I'm weird because I just I don't want to be singing. But just the it's just the it's just the joy of the Lord. It's just the fellowship of the Spirit within my heart that was ongoing. So it's possible to do things. It's possible to do things, uh, normal things that you do in your day, and still be in fellowship. Still be in fellowship. Amen. And then the last, lastly, sorry, I'm taking our time. Uh, lastly, uh, darkness. I will talk about darkness. And uh, in the book of First John, chapter one, verse six, we can see clearly um, here that there is what darkness is. Right? It says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now. There's what we call darkness. Uh, we can't say we have fellowship with the Father and we walk in darkness. We have to walk in the light. Now, if you go to the book of 
Uh, 4 John chapter 2, verse 11, yes. 4 John chapter 2, verse 11, it defines that Where is first John chapter first John chapter two verse eleven? Okay, it says, "But he that eateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes." So they are trying to explain something to us here. You know the the activity of darkness. So, for example, saying that he that eateth his brother is in darkness. So anyone practicing anyone practicing these things called works of the flesh can be in darkness or will be in darkness. What, what do I mean by that? For example, you say hating brother. When you hate your brother, you are in darkness. Imagine a believer, you're trying to fellowship, but you don't like your brother. Maybe your brother offended you. Anybody having offense in their heart will be blind, will be in darkness. Anybody that is jealous, envying, backbiting, I think we should read that uh, book of Galatians, chapter 5, that talks about the works of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are made manifest. That's the, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 19. It says that now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, verse 20. It says, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they will do such things, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because those who do these things clearly are in darkness. Why? And the scripture tells us that. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all, right? He is light. So if we walk in the light as he is, as he is in the light, right? We have fellowship one with another, and the, blood of, see, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So you see that we have to be in the light. We have to be in God. We have to be with God. No, no, no. Envy, strive. Imagine envy. envy. Envy is blindness. Blindness is darkness. Because when you are blind, you can't see. And then you are in darkness. That's when, some, when someone is blind. They are in darkness because they can't see. And you know, John tells us clearly in that chapter 2, verse 11, right, that if someone hates his brother, if he hates his brother, he's in darkness because that darkness had blinded. And so darkness blinds. Envy will blind because wrong judgment will happen one towards another. Jealousy, hatred, right? Revelings, all those things will blind. If you look at all those works of the flesh, one of, one of their major strengths is that they blind. They blind. Men, when men are living and, and walking in, in the flesh, it blinds men to truth. It blinds men to lie. It blinds men to the real thing. For example, if a brother is angry against his brother, and maybe it's just something that just happened physically, I mean, something that just happened and the brother didn't mean it, it's just a misunderstanding. Without further questioning, the brother can just be angry. And they wonder, okay, why is, no, 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 that person is mad. He's mad at me. You know, he did it all because of, it's because of this, he did it. That's blindness already in place. It did it on purpose. That's blindness already in place. It did it on purpose to hurt me to blind. Is blindness. 
blind and because once assumption start assuming all those things, it begins to blind. It's blindness. Assumption is blindness, right? So when we are walking with such things, we we will be walking in darkness because we won't be seeing clearly. We'll be blind. We won't see clearly, which is why it's important that we leave those such things. We are not we are not uh, hating. We are not backbite. We are not uh, envying. We are not striving. All those things they have a a lot, and those things if they're blind, they definitely break fellowship. Imagine somebody hating his brother. It will break fellowship. Like the scripture tells us, if you have a heart with your brother, first of all, first of all, first of all, and you want to, sorry, and you want to say if you have a heart with your brother, you want to offer yourself, first of all, I want to offer sacrifice or offering. First of all, go and make peace with your brother. After you've made peace, then come and offer. That's what Jesus was saying. Right? That's that's because we you 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 can't be in fellowship and have eight towards your brother. It would blind, it would cut cut things short, or hunger or 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 off offense, those things they break fellowship. Right? So leave that what Matthew chapter five that Jesus says, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way first. Be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. That's what Jesus was saying. So we see that clear, clearly that offense, right, is can blind. Our, our offering won't be accepted. So the Lord, especially we see this clearly when, you know, if, uh, when it comes to husband and wife, if uh, the husband is, or the wife is angry with the husband, or the husband angry with the wife, and the son goes down on the anger, even be, even before the sun goes down, there sometimes it's possible that the Lord might have been resisting small, 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 small before the. Uh-huh. You may not, sometimes it can be very strong. Sometimes it can be just small. small. It's like a heat. You are not at peace. Mm-mm. Go make peace. Go make peace, and all of a sudden you just say, ah, "I'm sorry." You see, is is the Lord ensures that uh, when when there's love, in, the cord of love should not be broken. And there are many things that can break the cord of love, like darkness. Uh, sorry, like. Elvin, strive, uh, hatred, all those things towards one another, right? So we can't be carrying peop- uh, people in our heart and expect fellowship to be intact. Those kind of things break fellowship. Amen. So uh, we'll be moving into the next... Oh, wow. We'll be moving into the next um, phase here that talks about... Uh, channels of expressing uh, or coming deeply into enjoying fellowship. Ooh, I mean, I was excited. I'm excited. Um, why am I excited? Is because this, this, these are the things that you know, we look at and we see that the Lord is good. Uh, there are things we can enjoy in the spirit, uh, and, and there is a way to which we can fellowship. There's a way to which we can fellowship. One of that is. Prayer. If 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 we don't know anything about fellowship at all, and we know that, and there's two, there's two at least we should know that it helps our fellowship, or is one of the channels of ex- of coming into fellowship, or it's one of the times where how we enjoy fellowship. Of course, when I say fellowship is with the Godhead, with our Father, all right. 
It says, uh, with prayer, right? Prayer is not prayer is not just for for asking. Oh, Father, Lord God, I thank you for all that you have done for me. Uh, all that you are going to do, and as I'm going out my day, protect me. You know, that's prayer. But that's the thing about prayer is that. Prayer is vast. One of the things we understand, especially, you know, in one of the last uh, question and answer, Pastor you know, Jeff you know, was, was talking about prayer. And he explained clearly that, uh, you know, prayer is, is big. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's difficult to teach every, every time a prayer. And the best way is just to experience it yourself. Uh, you know, all the things you've heard, Kaula Marona, Kakima, Kaosa Ferma, Raima, Halia, Ilma, concerning prayer, everything you've heard concerning prayer, practice them. Practice them. It's, it's for practice. It's for practicing. And by, and by practicing, I'll teach. I'll teach you even more about praying. I'll teach you more about praying. It is designed for you to experience and to journey. Even though you heard it, the best way to truly experience is to practice it. It's to practice it. Practice it. And as you practice, you begin to see and, and, and clearly, clearly see ways in the spirit ways in the spirit, even lives in the spirit. You will see life in the spirit. You will see. You will see even manners and manners of prayer. Uh, you can't cram them. You can't cram how to pray. You can't cram the ways of prayer. You can't cram prayer. For, for prayer is a world. It's a world. It's a world. It's a world you must come into. It's a world with ways. Prayer. Prayer is prayer. Prayer is like it's like ways in the spirit, ways, ways that lead, that lead to things which you must experience, which is must experience. So pray and practice them. Practice and have you been saying, even all these things they say, how can I, how can I lend them? How can I lend them? For I hear them, but I don't see how. I don't see how. Just practice them. Practice them. Practice those things. Practice that which you've heard. Practice, practice that which you've heard concerning prayer. And in practicing, there you will experience. For I am waiting for you, even in that area of practice, to try it. For there I will begin to show you, even to show you how to pray, how to pray. And things concerning prayer, things concerning prayer, things concerning prayer, concerning prayer, I will show you, I'll show you. You just practice, you just practice. Even as you've heard it, practice it, practice it, and you'll see that it is true. It is true, for I will show you, and I will make you see, and I will make you see, and I will make you see, see. See, 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 see the spirit. See, see the spirit. Ah, thank you, Jesus. So we see that prayer, prayer is vast. Prayer is, is huge. Prayer is, is a world on its own. It's, it's, it's big, it's gigantic. You can't teach everything about prayer at a go. You will see that the more you pray, the more you learn about prayer, the more you pray, the more you learn about prayer. And as you've heard things concerning prayer and you practice and you begin to see that they will function. They will function. It has happened to me. It has happened in my life. As you know, I've heard, they thought about prayer. Oh, you pray like this, you pray like that. You begin to see ah, this, kind of, this kind of thing will happen. Then all of I, I just, you know, just, just a normal way of leading. And when I say normal way of leading, I mean that, you know, things just require that I pray. And as I began to pray, I began to see that, oh, wow, this is what... Ah, 
I've heard about prayer. Mm, this answer, mm. also when Pastor Joe mentioned about prayer, mm, this thing, oh, this is true, it's true. When Pastor Sessi talked about prayer, when Pastor Kemi, when Pastor Reverend, when Pastor, uh, Pastor Maker, all the pastors, when they talk about prayer, different as, as they talk about them. And then you practice, begin to see that, uh, that what is being said is actually true. Because as you, as you pray, love begin to move you into things that need to, that you need to come into. So prayer is not just, uh, it's not just a heart. Let me move forward. Prayer is not just about asking and receiving. It's actually a means. All right. It's also a means. It's also a means by which you enjoy fellowship. Right. Prayer is huge, vast, big. Right. Uh, and one thing about prayer is, and all, let me put it this way. Uh, when you pray, especially when we pray in the spirit, it moves you into the world of mysteries. Now, the world of mysteries is when I say world of mysteries is huge. It's huge because there are many things the Lord have to say. The things mysterious are the things that the Lord has to say to you and I, right? So. Praying is a means to actually connect God. Prayer, prayer is awesome. Prayer is awesome. And for everyone, uh, maybe I'll get there, I'll get there. What I want to say is that for everyone that, you no, know, you know, as you are praying or you are trying to pray and you feel, and you, are, and you feel, oh, you just don't feel like praying or it's difficult, just keep praying. Even in that difficulty, pray. Uh, you don't use your feeling to do anything spiritual. As you are praying, maybe your tongue sounds ba 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 ba, and you are wondering, oh, is that the way my tongue should sound? Don't worry about all that. It's not about how your tongue is sounding. That's not. That's that's not. You know, sometimes you know, there's a way we we want our tongue to sound heavenly, like on 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 You know that kind of tongue. That's what we want to hear, right? It's not by that. You don't go by feeling, right? You don't go by feeling. You you just pray. You just pray. Even if it sounds like ba 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 ba, pray, right? In the spirit, keep praying in the spirit, keep praying in the spirit, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, and keep praying. You know, uh, one thing about prayer, like because prayer is a means of communicating, uh, and if it's a means of communicating, it's almost like a means of communing with your lover. Now, the scripture says that we should, uh, you know, draw, we should come after, like we just read that in that scripture in the Song of Songs, right? That draw me and I will run after thee. Right, and then the scripture says, "Draw near to him, and he shall draw near to you." Right. So it's prayer is a means of drawing near. It's a means of drawing near to the Father. Right. Draw near to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you devil mind. Right. So draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Prayer is a means by which you draw nigh. Which you brought, by which you draw near to God, is by which is by means which you draw near to God. Have you ever seen somebody that wants to, you know, get closer to someone before they will find all means by which they can get closer to them? I don't know. It's so the best way to ex explain these things is always through a love relationship. So always through a love relationship because it's the easiest, is the most is most understandable one. Why? Because <laughs> everyone knows somehow has a has a sense of it 
maybe from our parents or maybe you know husband and wives love affairs love affairs is the easy one it's easier because our relationship because it's actually a love affair is a love affair right so when some when you want to draw near to someone you see that you start trying to talk to them more often you start for example now i remember that time when i was uh trying to get the attention of my wife one of the things i was doing i was trying i was trying to call or message even though at that time uh you know the door was blocked but one thing i just find is that i'm drawn i'm drawn towards her to talk to her to see her at the same the same way we are drawn we are drawn to the lord right if we are drawn to the lord the lord one thing we realize is that we are always looking to draw near to him, to talk to him. Like we always want to text him. We always want to give him a call. Hi, hi, Lord. How are you doing? Right? Hi, Lord. Oh, how are you doing today? We just want to see how that day. You know, we are, we are so in love with the Lord that we, we you know, we just if, if you see it that way, that's that's the same way when we, when you hear the drawing in your heart. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a is a love relationship with with Father of Spirit, right? So it's not good. It's, you, you, we, we can only explain that right through no. Let's explain that. I'm trying to explain this aspect of uh, our our relationship with God in the sense that between two lovers, right? If we're looking at human beings, you can visibly see two people. Right and the relationship between one of them, one another. But this is we now is a is a relationship with our heavenly Father, right? Which who is invisible, right? That you can't see. But of course, it's the same. It's the same concept. When I say concept, it's the same way that you are. But because you can't see, right? You 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 almost can't. When I say almost, so there's a you can't you can't go there the same way. If you love someone, right? How you know you love, or how 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 you perceive your love relationship is how you feel towards them. And sometimes when you say the way that you are drawn towards them, somehow the other person can feel it too. You know, it's spiritual. Right? When they are in love with each other, when two people are in love, they feel as the way they feel themselves. So you can feel the Lord. The Lord can feel you. Sometimes you can feel the Lord's heart towards you. Oh, oh my God! And how you feel is sometimes just. By how you feel towards him, just all of a sudden, you didn't think about it. You just, you just start feeling, "Oh my God, Father, I love you." Sometimes it's just that it's the Lord trying to draw draw your attention towards him. Sometimes that love is actually the Lord telling you He loves you, right? And then you just be saying, "Father, Lord, I just love you." I just love that that of course is is the Lord that triggers it, right? There's, you have you have to feel God somehow, right? You have to feel Him somehow. Whereby, you know, in the natural, physical. A husband can show love to the wife or wife show love to the husband by physically doing something, right? But you are dealing with an invisible God whereby the things, the interaction between you and your lover is invisible. And you have to relate with him from that realm, that invincible dimension, right? You have to relate with him like that. So the love between you and your father is invincible. So you draw nigh. How you draw nigh? Eh? It's, you, you know, you always want to talk. You always want to see, give them a call. Prayer is a means by which you do that. Even you don't feel like seeing God today, give him a call, text him, how? Pray. You have to pray. Prayer is, is a means by which 
you connect God is a means. Now, when you begin to pray, especially in the spirit, what begins to happen is that the Lord can begin to talk mysteries back to you. Can begin to talk mysteries back to you. Let's read First Corinthians fourteen two. I think that's uh, I don't. I think it's only me that don't have somebody helping me read Bible. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Amen. So let's. Uh, First Corinthians fourteen says, "For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. For no man understandeth him. See, he that speaketh in an unknown in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Albeit in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Albeit." In this spirit, he speaketh mysteries. So when you pray in the spirit, what you are praying is mysteries. 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 Now, mysteries are really food for your soul too. They're not designing such, such like that. How many of you have I've ever experienced when you when you discover something new, you feel excited. It doesn't have to be spiritual. Maybe just learn something new. You learn something that maybe you didn't know before. All of a sudden, there's some form, subtle, tiny, little satisfaction in your heart about that thing. <laughs> that, in a way, is almost like the kind of joy that comes out of Solving mysteries. So mysteries really is actually part of the way God has designed souls to launch into things. Imagine is that same thing in man that men today have used to start moving into things like discoveries and research, right? Quest for for to know and discover, to quest for to dissolve mysteries. Is what men move, used to move into studying things. <laughs> they can study ants. Why? Because they just want to dissolve the mystery about ants. Hmm. How why does ants behave the way they behave? Okay, let's go. Let's learn it. Let's figure it out. Even we see that in every man's day-to-day -day activity, even you, anything you, that you come across, you and I, eh? you and I, when we come across something new, naturally we just, hmm, why is that thing that way? Okay, <laughs> let me figure it out. When you are like that most of the time, you realize that you are you are a quester in the spirit. You ask questions. Is a is an attitude of is an attitude of he that loves to fellowship. Now sometimes fellowship comes start from just question about about scripture about things like that. And then you can begin you can begin to pray. You can begin to pray. You can begin to pray. But we'll get to that because I know that that's an aspect in the word, right? But you see here clearly that prayer, right? When you pray, you speak mysteries. So you're speaking mystery to who? To your father who is in heaven. And as you spar hold of Elma, right? As you speak mysteries to your father in heaven, he will begin to speak mysteries back to you. He will begin to speak mystery back to you. Why? Because it's a language, is a language by which you commune. Mystery language for mystery language. Deep call it unto deep. 
when you speak mysteries to the Father, the Father speaks mysteries back to you. Because you know that that mystery is speaking back to you is something that is going to edify your soul. Like I was saying, that, that little satisfaction we get when we discover something new is <laughs> some, some form of edification in the natural. But in the spirit, when the Lord speaks mysteries back to you, aha, thank you for that scripture. In that one, First Corinthians 14, okay, Betty said, sir, I, ah, okay, thank you, Betty. Okay, I'll give you the opportunity to help me read this, uh, this scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. Help us read it. Thank you. Good evening, sir. Good evening, everyone. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Thank you. You see now that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, meaning that when you pray in the spirit, it's possible for you to be edified. It's, it's, it's possible for that to land in edification. For you to be edified, right? Something is added to you, right? And when you are edified, is putting, you know, you know when you say edifice, it's a, it's a building, it's a raising. When you are edified, you are built. And when you are edified, you are built up. So when you pray in the spirit and you are communing with your father, this father will speak mysteries back to you. Sometimes the mystery can be about your life. Can be about or mostly about scripture, but of course, from scripture, the Lord can begin to talk to you about your life, can begin to talk to you about your job, can begin to talk to you about anything, anything and everything. He can talk to you about the natural, he can talk to you about the spiritual. But of course, your father is spiritual, is spirit, right? So you can you can expect to talk a lot more about spiritual things with him, right? But I'm just saying that your father can talk to you about every and anything because he created all. Created all, he knows all. All knowledge is in him. All secrets are in him. All secrets are in our Father, and he knows what to say to you, to edify you, to build you and I up. So when you pray in the Spirit, you are communing with Him. You are, you are saying, "Lord, talk to me." As you are speaking, you may not know what you are saying, but your Father in heaven is hearing you, and your Father can speak back to you. And speak mysteries, can speak tongues back to you. And as you speak tongues to you, you can speak tongues back to you. You can speak mysteries back to you and, and explain the mysteries to you, which eventually will build you up. Like it's, it's in the Jude chapter 20. It says, build up yourself on your most holy faith. It's building up yourself on your most holy holy faith, right? And it actually didn't end there. It says, pray in the Holy Ghost. But ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in the Holy Ghost or when you pray in the Spirit, you build up yourself. You are edified. You are built up. So find strength to pray in the Spirit. When you are praying, you are communing. That's what is happening. Every time you pray in the spirit that you're praying towards your father, you are communing, you are fellowshipping. And the, the joy of discovery will keep you in fellowship. And that's why you also notice that John is saying that you should love this thing. You should love this fellowship. You should love communing with your father. Why? Right? Because this thing is part of the, of the 
if I use the ministry of the anointing, right? He said, but the anointing teaches you, right? When the Lord is speaking mysteries back, how will, how will you be taught? It's by the Spirit, by the anointing. When the Father is speaking mysteries back to you, what teaches you or what interprets the mystery to you is the Spirit, is the anointing. Without the anointing, you can't understand the mystery of the Father when it begins to speak back to you. So you, know, you, you now realize that we need an interpreter. That's why the Lord Jesus, when he was going, he made sure, he made sure that he spoke to the disciples to let them know that I must send you a comforter. He, he knows how to comfort you. How will he comfort you? When your father is speaking to you and, you are, and your soul is wandering, weary, how will I understand? The comforter will take and interpret. And by interpreting, he comforts you. Yes, then as the father is speaking mysteries to you, the, your, the spirit, the comforter begins to, or the anointing too, or the spirit of truth can begin to take truth that your father is saying and begin to explain it to you. And then you can begin to talk to him about things. The father can begin to talk to you about how he created the world. You are fellowshipping. You are in fellowship. And then begin to talk to you about natures inside of him that you must have and, and explain to you mysteriously by mysteries how to learn uh, by mysteries how, how his nature is. And he can also show you how to land in that nature. There's nothing, but most importantly, what our father wants to talk to us about is he should talk us or write us into life, right? mm -hmm. move us into life. So, of course, he'll speak mysteries concerning life. But it's not just in there. It's like, it's like when you have a friend, you talk about anything. Jesus, oh, what about that? Hey, the Lord is like that too. You can begin to talk about scripture. The Lord can begin to move and begin to tell you about how he created the world. I remember a time I was just thinking about in the beginning. I was just, just a thought after listening to, you know, just a message. But the message was not even about, about uh, the creation. And then just, just from thinking about creation, man, what is man? That's what is man? That are mindful of him, and that that scripture. I was just meditating. What is man? What is man? Then all of a sudden, the anointing began and began to just. Ex the father began to talk. Ah, ah. You see, he has slain from the foundation of the world. Eh? So the thought has been in, in him. Sees, okay. And the Lord began to talk even beyond creation. He began to explain what happened in heaven. Okay, explain. Okay, Lucifer, son of the morning, he fell. Okay, then be, the Lord began to so ah. So Lucifer is saying that, okay, God wants man. Mm, what is man? So he descended. Okay, the Lord began to explain. And they are also explaining Satan's heart. Different, different things. His fellowship. Why? The Lord is giving me insight. Right? Just He's just gist. Let me put it that way. The Lord is just gisting with me. And the Lord can, can be gisting with you like that every day, daily. It can be gisting. But, but there has to be something in play. You must be prayerful. Must be prayerful. Amen. You know, there's no way we can talk about word. I will not. We can talk about prayer. I will not talk about word. But we get a word. But word and prayer. The, the, that one we can't. Like I said, two. At least out of all these things, there's two things we must not. We must not. We must not play with, right? But it's not that we can play with anything else. But word and prayer. Word and prayer. Is essentially important. And then one of the uh, one other thing that one. A way we can also enjoy fellowship. Uh, one of the channels is by worshiping and praising. Uh, so, uh, in as much as uh, okay, let me say, uh, let me read this uh, this part uh, in, in this uh, in this uh, manual that we're using here. 
Because according to, uh, to Reverend Kenneth Hagin, right, praise is the highest type of prayer. Right? Scripture says that God inhabits the praise of his people. So what that means is that when you, when you are praising, God is actually present in there. Right? When you, know, you are praising the Lord, Lord will inhabit. What do I mean inhabit come to dwell there? If he's dwelling there and you are praising, then fellowship can occur. Fellowship can occur. Communion can occur, right? Now, we've explained the aspect of prayer, right? And again, of course, prayer is vast, diverse. There's all manners of ways the Lord can turn that into an edification, right? It's a huge world. Now, the as how I want to tie this prayer and worship is to tie it to prayer, right? Worshiping and praying is a form of, if it's a form of prayer, it means that when you are praising and worshiping, you can also be communing in the spirit, so what sometimes from I, 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 uh, okay, let's just you know what first of all, let's see from scripture how the Lord inhabit the praises of his people, and then from there we can you know we can talk a little bit about this praise and worship worshiping and praising the Lord, and also you know how it links to prayer as well. So Acts 16 verse 25 to 26. Acts 16, 25 to 26. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Amen. So we see here that Paul and Silas were praying and then praising. Yes, sir. Right, that verse 25. So at midnight, they were praying and then they sang praises unto God. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the gates and the chains were loosed. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know what, what landed them in here uh, is actually after Paul has rebuked uh, a soothsayer, uh, pretty much. Uh, there was a, a lady possessed with the spirit of divination uh, who, whose master was making profit with it. And then uh, they said, these are the true men from God, <laughs> right? To bring the way of salvation. Then the lady has been speaking for some days. Then after a while, Paul got vexed in his spirit and then just cast out the spirit to get out of here, man. And then the moment that happened, the, the masters, perceiving that their gain is gone, say, oh, my God. Oh my, oh, ah, this useful spirit, this man has offended it, has chased it away, so no more money. Then they took them and bound them up and threw them into prison. Pretty much they took them, took them to the market, and then the rulers took them and they put them in the prison, and then they were just praying. And then from praying, they began to sing praises. And it happens sometimes like that. From praying, you can move into singing. You can actually pray by singing. Sometimes when you are singing, it can be prayers. It can be prayers as you are singing you can, you can just be praying by songs why because the lyrics sometimes the Lord does in such a way that the lyrics of the songs you are singing are prayers I remember some I mean uh, I know there was a time you know just a little a little time that I was 
I was trying to know the Lord. That time I have not really, really moved into the word of righteousness. I was just, I was in, I think it was a season before I moved into it. Just before then, there was a season where the Lord was just in my heart. I was just having some kind of desire towards the Lord. Even though I don't know the Lord like that, I just, and I just, there's one, one song that like that I'll be, I'll be singing in my heart. Say, so, yeah, my cry, oh Lord, I turn unto my prayer. From the ends of the year will I cry unto thee. And when my heart is over, will lead me to the rock. That is higher than I. That was the song I was singing. I did not know that I was asking for Christ. I just kept singing because Christ is the rock. I did not know. I was just singing that song, but I just know that from that, I know that my heart was praying to the Father. I was, I just, I just kept singing that song. And in that song, there was so much an atmosphere upon my heart. It's almost sad, but not sad. It's almost like I was moving to the heart of, of, that, of that song and the scripture because the scripture. Really, the book of Psalms, right? And as I was singing that song, I did not know I was praying to the Lord. I just kept praying. I kept praying to the Lord. Isn't that song? That time, I did not know what was happening to me. All I just know is that I just loved that that experience, right? I just pray. Say, from the ends of the earth, will I cry unto thee? Say, when my heart is over, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I kept singing that. Say, when my heart is over. Where I just kept singing, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I just kept singing. I just kept singing. I did not know. You know, sometimes when you don't have too much knowledge, I, do, I didn't know what was happening. Of course, it's a spiritual thing, but all I know that in that season, there was a lot of activity in my heart and prayer towards the Lord. I know I want to experience God. I don't know. Okay, God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what. I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to read the Bible like that. Well, I read the Bible, but I don't really understand the Bible like that. Uh, you know, when I read it, I just, I just try to make up something out of it. It was after those seasons that the Lord moved me into the word of righteousness and I began to understand Scripture. Scripture became clear. I said, wow, Bible is awesome. Bible is awesome. All the Scriptures I've been reading in the past began to make sense. All of them were coming together. We're coming together, but it was just, it was just a, a moment of prayer by singing, and then in just not just that alone. Like you see, Paul and Sarah, they they, they were they were praying. Then they moved into song. Sometimes you can notice that sometimes before prayer starts, you can just start singing. Yeah. You know, before I mean, maybe let's say you want to pray, you have a mind to pray, uh, and maybe you say, okay, I'll pray at ten today. Before ten o'clock, just realize that your heart has moved into prayer before you start praying. How in songs, you just notice that just some kind of song will just be moving into you, and then you just be singing in song. And then, as you are singing the song, anointing can just be flowing and increasing in your heart from there. You move into prayer. And for those that, uh, you know, you know, most of the time, this, this, this praise and worship does not substitute praying in the Holy Ghost, so it's just, it's just another way of praying, right? Worship is higher. So, when you, when you are, but what, what, let's just see it in the sight of fellowship. So when I was praying through songs, I was still communing with the Lord. I did not know what my heart was saying to him. As I was singing that song, my heart was actually praying to the Father. I did not know. The Father heard. And he heard that prayer. Was that after then he moved me into a season where he led, he led he actually led me to the rock. It's a season. It's a season. So the, the Lord can. You can commune with the Lord in your heart in, in praises and worshiping. And even from that, randomly, I, I, I would, sometimes I would just sleep. 
And as I'm waking up, I will be, I will wake up with songs in my heart. And I'll just keep singing it. I just keep singing it. I just keep singing it. Some sometimes this the song will be ringing in my heart before I wake up. I know it's the Holy Ghost that is giving me a song in my heart. I just keep singing them. I just keep singing. I don't even sometimes I don't even know why, but I, I'll sing it. And over time, things can become clearer. But sometimes it's just a is a is a is a movement of the spirit. I'll just wake up with songs, not knowing that it's the Holy Ghost making me to pray with songs. And as I'm doing that, I'm communing. Sometimes the Holy Ghost can just start. Talking to me from the song as I was, as I'm waking up, I know, oh, just, I just enjoyed the fellowship in that song. I just keep, I just keep singing that song. I just keep singing. As I'm singing, I'm actually communing in my heart and I'm praying to the Lord. It's a, it's a communion. It's, the Lord sometimes can, can establish fellowship from there, right? Because fellow, uh, fellowship is two ways. God can bring it, and you can just you can just maybe your heart just moved. One thing that all of course we are spiritual beings, we pick things in the spirit. So of course anything that happens in our heart like that is not without the spirit, right? But you can also start communion in the spirit by 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 just singing. You can just begin to sing a song, right? You can begin to sing this as you are singing, even though maybe you didn't intend to sing this. Are you singing? From there, you can just you don't know that the song can lead to another song, can lead to another song. You can be singing, but the key here is not just singing, it's singing in the spirit, right? Because everything you do should be in the spirit as a spiritual being, as a child of God. So you're not just singing, you're not just singing randomly, right? You are singing. Mm -hmm. You're singing. So I'm saying that the act of singing to the Lord is not just a random act is not just uh bear or no it's a spiritual activity you are engaged in so as you begin to pray worship right singing with psalms in your heart unto the lord singing with psalms in your heart unto the lord you see is a is a is a means of communing uh, i think that in the uh, book of ephesians right uh, that tells us about, and I think Ephesians and Colossians talks about it. Do not be filled with wine, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Singing with Psalms, right? So Ephesians 5, speaking to yourselves, speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, right? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. So when you are singing, you're actually speaking to yourself. Mm. Right? You're actually speaking to yourselves. And speaking to yourself. Because communion is with, is with two, not with one. Right? Fellowship is with two. So when you are singing and worshipping and praying, you are singing to yourself and the Lord. You are singing to the Lord. So it's a two-way thing. Then when you have brethren together too, singing together, maybe all of us were just in the place and we're just enjoying the fellowship of the spirit, just singing in the spirit. We are singing to the Lord. Right? That's it, the Colossian uh, ver verses here. So Colossians 3.16, let's read it. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Awesome. I like the way Colossians also put it. You know this verse and the one we just finished reading, 
and they are pretty much almost the same, so, right? Say, speak to yourselves, say, teaching and admonishing one another, speaking to yourselves in Psalms, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms and hymns, teaching, speaking. You see the two relationship there, right? In Psalms and hymns and spiritual singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. You can sing as you can, as you are saying, you can sing with graces in your heart to the Lord. The grace, the grace in your heart is the is the grace singing with grace in your heart, right? It's like the offering you are offering to the Lord. So worshiping and praising, right, is a form of prayer and is a form of communion. So when you want to channel fellowship, you're wondering, okay, how can you not see that? The Lord has given you plenty, plenty channels. Word, prayer, we'll get to word. Prayer, worshiping, right? The Spirit can move you in any way. So you're not limited, right? We can't say that, okay, it's because I can't pray, that I can't, I'm not in communion. No. Okay, what about praising and worshiping? Because that can throw you into prayer. The same way prayer, worship, and praising can start before prayer. Prayer can also lead into worship and praising. Right, praising itself can lead into prayer, prayer into worship, worship into word, word into prayer, word into worship. Are you seeing the, the diversity and diverse operations? Right, and then you see this aspect of Colossians we are reading, there, and it brings the aspect of others or brethren in communion. We'll see that again also because there's the other channels we have. To fellowship is, is with other saints, right? With other believers. You, you're fellowshipping one with another, right? <laughs> Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, with the teaching and emotion, one another. So he's talking about one another. He's talking about a, commun a community of believers. So it's not just one person. It's a community of believers enjoying fellowship together, right? So that's that bringing the, that aspect. So now see the, these things that scripture is bringing to us for us to see, right? Word, worship, prayer, other saints, which is why you we cannot by ourselves alone individually grow to God by ourselves. When you need the community of believers, which is why also a local church is important, right? Also knowing how to fellowship with strong community of believers and not just being alone. Anybody that separate yourself from a community of believers is, is pretty much pretty much giving themselves a recipe of death. Mm. If you have a believer that lands somewhere and then imagine you cut yourself away from believers, like maybe you're not going to church. Ah, you're already it's like you're already setting up your uh it's like that soul is setting up spiritual obituary. Well, because anyone that is taken out of the vine that is not grafted, it will wither and it will die. It's just a matter of time. You know, you know when you when you cut a branch from, from a tree, it doesn't die immediately. In short, the moment you cut it, 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 it looks as if nothing has happened. If you cut a, a if you, you know, especially if you know those uh, tools they use uh, in all these cultures that they used to cut branches out. But when you cut a branch out of a tree, right, neat, smooth, that that branch looks exactly the same as other branches. But there's a difference. Life has stopped flowing into the into the stalk. 
into the stem of the of the of what the, the branch is now a stem, right? The nutrients have stopped flowing into that branch, but others have nutrients flowing into them. The only thing that would tell is time that it has been take that life has gone out. It's time that will tell. So it, it will happen later and later that souls will now realize that oh, 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 oh they're out of fellowship with God and with brethren. If somebody cuts out of brethren and community of believers, eventually, eventually they will cut out of God hmm. because they will die spiritually. And it's over time, over time. But the only thing I can prevent is that if they are grafted back, then nutrient can start flowing into that branch again. And then to be as if the, the stem was never cut. And then you will see that the stem will actually join back. The branch will actually join back to the tree. What they call grafting. Right? That's why you can you, know, you can graft different different uh, trees together. So worshiping, right? I, just, I was just thinking about you know worshiping, singing with psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord, singing with grace. Grace, that grace is like fragrance mm. of love, of love. You just you just like an offering, as you begin to sing, you just you just begin to feel grace in your heart towards the Lord. Grace is like the melody in your heart singing. Towards the Lord, grace, grace to the Lord, grace with grace in your heart. It's just, just a strength of worship to the Lord. And that can, it can take you for, for hours. It can take you for days. It can take you for minutes. You know, depending. Right? But worshiping and praising is also a means of communing. It's a means. It's a means. Yeah? And I just want us to tie, tie it to prayer a bit, Right? You know, many a times when, uh, sometimes when the Lord wants to do something, he will just I will just find myself singing a song. Sometimes maybe the Lord just wants to provide. We just start singing. I will just start singing songs about provision. Mm -hmm. The first the first time you have about that, like, ah, okay, what's this? I just I just thought I was singing all of a sudden provision, something that we've been looking for. Just landed. I say, eh, okay, I forgot about it. Another time I was singing, I forgot, I totally forgot. It happened again. Like, ah, Lord, what is happening? And I realized, oh, it's a means of prayer too. The Lord was causing me to pray in that season. And I was praying. As I was praying, the Lord is doing it because it was his will to drop it. So it just caused my grace in my heart to sing towards what he wants to provide. He's the one, he's the one that wants to provide it on me. So it just caused prayer to arise in the heart. So worshiping and praising is a means of prayer. And we see that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22 verse 3. Can we read it please? Psalm 22 verse 3. But thou art holy O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Israel. So, but thou art holy. O thou inhabit the praises of Israel. See that the Lord inhabits the praises of Israel. 
in inhabit, he lives there. So when we begin to praise the Lord, God dwells amongst us by his spirit. He comes to commune with us to bless and even sometimes he can healing can begin to flow. You see, sometimes you know, you know, when we are about to start meeting and we are singing, I'm not just singing because we just like to do you know many people think you know that uh, other of things is just a program. It's not program, it's scriptural. So, right. As we are praising, singing, the Lord will dwell in habitat. It's like something the Lord cannot refuse. Ah, they are singing, then the spirit can come and then we just dwell. And then we will commune with us. So we can sing to bring him for communion, which is the same way. You know, as we do it collectively, that as personal in your heart, as you are singing, because you notice that scripture in Colossians 3 and Ephesians we read, it's almost like it started from community. Of believers and then moves into individuals, right? Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, right? And then in Ephesians 2, it's the same thing, right? And I like the way Ephesians put it. It, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, Ephesians didn't use plural. It says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. But it started with speaking to yourselves in sounds, meaning that gives a sense of people talking one to another. Singing and making melody, then it moves into the individual in your heart to the Lord. Even though the community also all together have individuals, right? Hearts, singing and making melodies, right? But also when you move out, uh, when, say, when you are by yourself, maybe you are in your room, you are washroom, especially maybe when you are in your shower and you are singing, uh, I mean, of us like that uh, shower singing when you are singing in the shower, and then not, you notice that sometimes it's in that shower too that revelation can be dropping. Yes. It's communion. It's communion. You are communing with the Lord. You are enjoying fellowship. You ought to enjoy it. You ought to enjoy fellowship with the Father. Amen. Amen. So. Ah, it's 45. I'll move into the study the word hand in this one because I'm gonna have to talk for a bit here too. So studying the word, studying the word. The word of God is likened to water, right? That's what it says. Ah, okay, Malofa, Renata. Studying the word. Amen. So we've talked about singing, we've talked about praising and worshiping the Lord. Now it is studying the word this is one of the channels by which we fellowship with the godhead this is one of the channels right one of the channels that will come deeply into fellowship and i want us to take this word aspect very very important why because holma holka helma worshiping and praying wumbi or or fellowship with brethren won't be won't be uh, effective enough without the word. Mm. Now, because when you are praying, when you are worshiping, when you are fellowshiping, one another, that one thing will be the center of the conversation. That should be the word. Yes. Now we now realize that. Okay, let me read the scripture. It says that if we pray according to His will, right? According to His will, then it says. I come to do that will, oh God, as it's written on me, in the volume of the book. Okay. So something is written in the volume of the book. So. Let's, say the, let's say the scripture here. You have volumes here. You have volumes of the book here. 
words in here. Words of God. The mind of God is in the scripture that we read. Right? Meaning that somehow you can find the will of God inside the Bible. Right? The will, which is also for your sanctification. Right? According to 1 Thessalonians chapter is it 4 verse 3. Right? Saying this is the will of God. Even your sanctification. But this is the will of God. Even your sanctification. Right? Your sanctification. Meaning, and of course we've read that uh, is uh, tango that they, they we're talking about water here is washing of the water by the word. So the thing about this scripture here is that it is very, very important. It is one of the, the Lord will not move out of the boundary of scripture to commune with his people. If he wants to talk to you, he can. He wants, he might want to commune with you concerning your life, concerning things you are doing, but how it commutes with you is in understanding us, and that understanding is tied to scripture, scriptural understanding. So when he's talking to you about your life, the 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 that the, the underlying, the under the, the same way. If you look at it this way, when the preacher Halofarekaya, uh, Hammer, when you see ministers preaching by the Spirit, they don't just preach and just use Bible and like that. You notice that the things they say. And things they are talking about has a scriptural scriptural undertone or scriptural understanding, right? Mm -hmm. And I like and I like the way you know, as we are you know looking at this this uh, this class now we have a screen scripture right and I like as 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 we are talking sometimes I may not necessarily say what I'm saying to scripture but they just bring up the scripture of what I'm saying, but the scripture they are bringing for is actually where the thought is coming from. Now, when the thought is coming from that scripture, it means that scripture, that scripture is the background for what I'm saying. So when the Lord, but what I'm saying may not necessarily be the word for word of what that scripture is saying, right? The Lord may want to talk to you like that too. And as he's talking to you, some of us, we just, we just want to hear, rise up, go and stay on third mainland bridge. That's what... No, many believers today may be waiting for that. Oh, the Lord spoke to me. But it's not always like that. Uh, it's, it's, the, Lord, the, 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 the speaking of the Lord towards his people has, a, has, an, has an undertone, has a background, has a, has a, has, has, it has where the thought is flowing from, if I will use that word. So, and the thought of the Lord will always come from scripture because the scripture really is the mind of the spirit. Mm. Right? This is God's will. God wrote his will here for us. Because this is the mind of God, the mind of the spirit. This is the scripture here that we are reading. So when the Lord wants to talk to his people, you have to talk, talk, talk from scripture. So praying Worshipping has praying, worshipping, uh, fellowship with one another. They all have where the fountain from, from scripture. For example, I was, I will use the example of the song I was singing now. Now, I'm not saying it's always like that, that is the song is the one that is just singing scripture. There are songs, right, that did not sing scripture word for word, but the song is actually coming from scripture. Sometimes there are songs like that that I'll be singing, and then all of a sudden, I'll be moving into the scripture of that song and I begin to meditate. 
meditate, meditate, meditate. Mm, what does this mean? Mm, sometimes it's when I'm singing this song, I begin to understand the scripture. Mm -hmm. mm, okay, what does this mean? Ah, when I used to see, and sometimes it can flow from the top of ah, when I, as I was singing this song two years ago. Honestly, this is not what was in my mind. Then from there, I begin to think about hmm, what does this Maybe from understanding of scripture. And all of a sudden, I begin to say, okay, so this song is like this, like this, right? But then from there, I can begin to think about the scripture. I will just begin to think about the scripture and I begin to meditate and meditate and meditate. You now see that everything, everything, I, I, I wouldn't want to say almost everything relies on scripture. Relies on scripture. Which means your life must rely on scripture. The scripture must be the on that was with the undertone of the life you live. What I mean by that is that your, the life you live should, must, should fountain from scripture. It means that every believer of God, every child of God must be scriptural. Spirit, the spirit, spiritual undertone of your life, the, 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 way, the way we live, the direction, wisdom, how we live should fountain from scripture, understanding of scripture. From scripture, scripture. So studying the word is, if it is by scripture, that we now see why studying the scripture is essential. Very, 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 very essential. Right? Now, let's read Psalm. I like, I like this scripture we're going to read. Let's read Psalm uh, 29 verse 3. Psalm 29 verse 3. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The Lord is upon many waters. So if you are looking to find the Lord, there's a place you can find him. He's upon many waters. Then they said, the Lord is upon many waters. They said, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. It's not just water alone. He's upon many waters. Now realize that scripture is waters. The word of God is likened to water in Bible. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. And you can see scripture talking about that. Say, with joy, will you draw waters out of the well of salvation? Right? So you draw, you, with joy, you draw waters. Then you're talking about uh, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Right? And then in the book of Revelation, when you begin to see the angel, right? That was the angel of the Lord, right? And I look and behold, the, the voice is as the voice of many waters. Of course, angels, right? They carry similarities of the person of the Lord, right? So this angel said the voice, like, of course, that angel is not the Lord. It's just the angel of the Lord. said his voice is like that of many waters. Is 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 that is that angel is picking something from the Lord? That voice. <laughs> so the voice of the Lord. So and Revelations one verse fifty. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they are born in brass. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And the voice as the sound of many waters. That's his voice. So you can now see that when the Lord wants to speak, it it sounded like many waters. I Meaning it sounded like Bible. Which is why when they are teaching Bible, you can be hearing the voice of the Lord. Sometimes that voice can be faith in your heart to believe what the mm -hmm. minister is saying. Because the voice of the Lord can make men do many things. See, 
So the voice of the Lord is like many waters. Many waters. And the Bible is like, don't you think the Bible is many waters? I mean, Genesis 1 to the end, up to Revelation, that's waters. What you are, every time, every time you are reading your Bible, you are drinking water. Come to the waters, you that are test and hunger. If you are testy and hungry in the spirit, read your Bible. Say, oh, everyone that test, come ye to the waters, and he that had no money, come ye by it, come by wine and me without money, without price. Come to the waters. And if you are thirsty, come to the waters. The scripture is water. This is a spiritual test, not, not test for biscuit, not test for husband, not test for wife, not test for house, not test for kids, not test for babies, but test for the Lord. To come to the waters. Bible is waters. Not just water, water. So the voice is upon many waters. And that's Psalm 29 we read it. Say the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. So if you want to hear God, come to the water. His voice is upon it. If you have been trying to understand how the Lord speaks, I don't know, the Lord does not speak to me. Come to the waters. Come to the waters. Begin to read the Bible. Now, as you are reading, you don't expect that as you are reading, he will just come and just talk to you specifically about what you can't. It's not, it's not like this, you know, when, when we have issues, we now want to read the Bible and hear God's word for that. It's not like that. It doesn't work that way. If, if you try to hear God like that, you'll most likely hear, hear yourself. Hmm. Right? Because as you are reading, you have an intention, you have an ambition. The Lord, the Lord does not like such ambition. So the Lord will withhold his voice. And he, would, he will ask you, follow the inward leading that I have given you. And that one will tell you to wait. Mm. And, this is, and that is where many believers miss it. Because then they want to speed. Speed into the solution. Speed into the voice. If you want to speed and hear God's voice, you will hear yourself. It's as simple as that. The Lord does not answer to haste. The Lord answers in his own time. We can't, we can't control God. Mm -mm. The voice of the Lord is upon the water. So if you want to hear God's voice, move to the water. And why would you want to hear God's voice? It's for fellowship. Because voice for voice, speak to speak, mystery to mystery. It's in communion. So when you begin to read your Bible, you are giving room for communion. You are giving room for the Lord to begin to speak to you. You are giving the Lord a lot of vocabulary to speak to you with. Imagine if all you know is in the beginning there was like, it means that the vocabulary the Lord can use to talk to you will be around in the beginning was the word. So how can, how can that be enough? God is not limited, but how can that be enough yeah. to talk to you about, about many, many things concerning your life? You have to move to the many, many water. You have, you have to you have to drink the water. Drink your Bible. Read it. As you are reading your Bible, you are drinking the water of the voice. And as you are drinking, what you are drinking is the voice of the Lord. As you are reading your Bible, you are drinking God's voice. And after a while, that voice will begin to talk to you and commune with you and talk to you. If that voice can bring you into fellowship, when that voice enters you, 
As you are reading your Bible, it's entering your spirit. I keep reading it. Keep reading it. Don't read the Bible with ambitions. Mm. Read, read Bible with desire for the Lord. What, what limits us most time is when we are reading Bible with ambition. Ambition is maybe we have a goal. Okay, let me read Bible for that purpose. It doesn't work like that. Heaven will resist you. Bible will resist you. It's living. And it knows you are trying, it's gimmick you are playing. You are trying to deceive me, eh? not to defraud me. No. Don't defraud me, you fornicators. That's what I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> Amen. That's what scripture is saying. And of course, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying when I, when I say when scripture is saying you fornicate. I'm just using scriptural language, right? Of defrauding to defraud. So scripture knows no, no. The scripture is living just like the soul is living. So when we are trying to do anky panky with the Lord, the Lord knows. You can't force my hand to do what I don't want to do. No, you listen to me. And that's where patience comes in, meekness. So read your Bible. Read it. Every time you read your Bible, you come in contact with the Father's voice. Right? So for everybody that is saying, oh, I don't hear God, I don't hear God, check it. They don't read their Bible. It's only when there's problem, they read their Bible. Or if they are reading their Bible, they read it seldomly, one small, small. And what they may not read their Bible, but they can they can sit down and watch series, you know, such souls. And then all of a sudden there's a problem, then God speaks to me. What will be what will be speaking to such souls is the things they've been they've been feeding their soul with. Mm. The series will talk, the movies will talk, the the desire that the heart has been meditating upon will talk. Then the voice of the Lord that has not been, because the more you read your word, the more stronger the voice, the more stronger your heart to discern the voice of the Lord. It's like it's like faith in your heart as you're reading the word. It's like faith, boldness in your heart to hear the Lord. Sorry, ah, time has time has ended, and I'm um, just beginning to talk about the word. I feel like I'm just beginning to talk about it. The word of the Lord is essential for fellowship. If you want to fellowship with the Father, the rest assured, if you keep, as you read your Bible, you eventually land in the fellowship. The Lord has many things to talk to you about. Lord has, imagine when you have people in conversations, right? And then maybe you have five or four people in conversation and they're trying to talk and then maybe someone, someone can't relate. When you check it, it's probably because that person does not have the context of the conversation. Right, so they don't know how to come into the conversation, and that will have to do with like exposure to different knowledges around that. It can be like that too when you no know, we are fellowship with the Lord, but we don't have much areas ground of conversation we can start. I mean, for example, you can talk about fish with your friend, you can talk about car, you can talk about house, you can talk about water, you can talk about fishing, you can talk about uh uh traveling, but if you don't know anything about that, it will be difficult to have such conversations, right? The same with the Lord. It will be difficult for the Lord to talk to you about a lot of things concerning him if you don't read his word. So we have to read the Bible. We have to read scripture. We have to read it well. We keep reading it. Word, malo, prayama. Word and prayer. They are the lifeline of believers. And those are essential for communion, right? 
But if you look at it, word and prayer is main is 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 is, is a strong aspect because worship too is dependent on word and prayer because worship is a form of prayer which has an undertone of the word or which has a background of the word right and then of course when you fellowship with others what we'll be talking about next is fellowshiping with other saints i'll just mention it quickly and then we'll end because that's the last that's the last channel but i want to give us something before we end today concerning that so fellowship with other saints is very essential right according to psalm 133 Verse one to three. It says, "How between it is for brethren to, to for brethren to dwell together in unity, right? It's like the ointment that what? It's like the ointment that uh let's let's read it. It's in my head, but then it's, it's running away. It says, it's like the ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beards, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirt of his garment, right? It's essential to fellowship with other saints." As the dew of Ammon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forever. It means that there's blessing that comes out of fellowshipping with brethren, which is why, because it has a way of edifying and also strengthening our spirit, right? There's a way, there's this scripture, I don't know why, maybe because I'm rushing, the scripture is running away from me, right? Shaman the continent of another water. Iron sharpened iron, yes. Iron sharpened iron. Iron sharpened iron as one more sharpened continents of his brother, right? Sharpened continents of another. So when you fellowship with other saints, you actually get strengthened spiritually. Even if what you are talking about is not is not Bible, somehow you just feel because you are you are communing with their spirit, somehow you can be refreshed. Of course, the conversation can be about canality and canality. When I say canality, it can be about love for canality. Can be, the conversation can be canally, canally driven and you will be edified, right? So iron sharpened iron, so as man sharpened the continents of his friend. So it's possible. Well, maybe sometimes you just see your fellow brethren coming. Just a smile on their face can, can deal with evil spirits trying to make you sad. Just hearing their voice. Sometimes their voice, the spirit can land upon their voice to just, sometimes maybe you are just worried, comments can just come upon your heart. So that's one of the reasons why we can't just leave uh, brethren, right? <laughs> but when you now fellowship with the brethren, it has a way of moving into the communion with the Lord. Because one thing also is that their spirit is Christ. Therefore, the Lord is in there. And it's possible for that to flow to you. And then you can begin to commune. So when your spirit communes with theirs, you are communing with the, you are in a way communing with the Lord. Right? You can, when we come together, we can create an atmosphere of fellowship. Especially when you come together for meetings, you know, we come in an atmosphere of fellowship, then the Lord can come and begin to talk to us and begin to speak to us because we have gathered. And where two or three are gathered there, he is. When we are gathered in his name and we know we're just fellowshiping one with another, he will come there to join us and then fellowship with us. Amen. So that's the last aspect. I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. And but of course, next time we meet, I just pick it from there and then we'll go. If I even if I talk about the word a bit, but I'll just pick it from here and we'll go. But does not forget, word is a senior. Sorry that I took a little bit of our time. I just felt I want to give us a little bit of something uh before we come back next time. So at least we have uh I I, I didn't break it entirely like into pieces so that 
I mean that I didn't uh, I give us all the manner talks about uh, channels, right? So we have something, but of course, next time we meet, we continue from where we stopped. Are we blessed tonight? Yes, sir. Can we just begin to thank God for tonight, Father? We thank you. We appreciate you. We thank you for your mercy. Mani Mahalavara Kaya Sedonia and Mata Kali Kiri Kayada Faramana. Thank you, Jesus, for tonight. We give you all the praise. Thank you for the strength and the grace you've given to us to go through this class tonight. We say we are exalted. Thank you, Jesus. Sanoma Emprata. E Maharuga Haliba Emprasso Sonimanto Paliata Varima Yabakaita. Emmaranosayimata. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for how you've helped us to go through this class tonight. We say we are exalted in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would take us deeper into fellowship in your word, in worship, in prayer, and even in fellowship with one another in the name of Jesus. That you will increase us in fellowship, Lord Father, that your anointing will increase upon every heart for fellowship. Your anointing for fellowship will increase. Every heart would be, we make pact with the, with the anointing, which teach it. You will, every heart will come in contact with greater anointing, with the anointing that teaches, that communes, that takes us with, with, in fellowship with the Father and with the Son, that takes us in fellowship with the Spirit. We pray, Father, that you will increase your oil for fellowship upon every heart who are desiring more tonight. In the name of Jesus. Saruna Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise for in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.